three, two, one. Thank you for joining us for the Welcome to the Hall podcast, courtesy of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame and the El Paso Sports Commission. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the best of the best from past inductees into your El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, another edition of Welcome to the Hall, an opportunity to listen to the greats of the El Paso Athletic Hall of Fame. And today we have outstanding track and field star pole vaulter, in fact, Mr. Larry Jesse. And Mr. Jesse, first of all, thank you for joining us on the Hall of Clark podcast. And how are you doing? Everything's going okay. Now, people say that pole vaulters are they're wired a little differently. Is that true? You know, they've said that for years. I, I guess so. Um, you know, you're going upside down and possibly landing on your head. So <laughs> it's uh, it's kind of a different sport, I think, that most people probably don't understand. But one time I was on a plane with Coach Haskins, and he actually said to me, Larry, do you really train for this, or does the pole just throw you over? <laughs> I didn't, And I've thought about it over the years. I don't know if he was kidding me, because he's come out and watched me jump all the time at the meet him and Don Maynard. So maybe... Maybe he was just making a, a a joke. I don't know. But either way, I mean, to be a, a pole vaulter at your level, it's it's just a great opportunity to see all the things you've done and admire your career. Where were you born? I was born in Dayton, Ohio. Wow. And went to school in Ohio. And, uh, and uh, it's actually a funny story. In those days, in the, in the mid-60s, uh, Dayton, University of Dayton, his old Catholic school, had a pretty good basketball team. But every time we would play Kentucky, one of those southern schools, we had two uh, black athletes on the team, one of the few, you know, in those days all it was. And it always the officials were terrible. And then uh, it was 1960 in the kitchen. I was watching uh, on the little TV screen the game with, uh, you know, Texas Western. And years later, six years later, I was at the Olympic trials. I didn't make the team. I was pretty young. And J.J. Jackson had taken me over to Sambo's restaurant to eat. And Vandenberg, Wayne Vandenberg was a coach at UTEP and said, hey, would you like to come to UTEP? I said, what is UTEP? And he said, well, it used to be Texas West. I said, oh, Bobby Joe Hill and those guys on the basketball. Yeah, I'll come. And that's how I got here. And uh, and years later, when they put uh, when they started that athletic hall of fame at UTEP, uh, you know, Bobby Joe and all his team were at one table and the track guys went, yeah, I went, went over to Bobby. Because I know Neville and some of the other guys. But I never met Bob, even though he'd lived here all those years. And when I went, said, "Hey, Bob, you don't know who I am," but he goes, "Yeah, you're Larry Jesse, the pole vaulter, man. I've been following you for years." So I got quite a kick out of that. Uh, it was nice finally meeting him after all the years in El Paso, you know. Oh yeah, Bobby was special guy, man. Special guy. Yeah, he really was. Yeah, yeah. A lot of those guys I knew, you know, because they were around. Some of them stayed around, El Paso. and he stayed here. But I guess he never came back around. Uh, you know, he ne- you know, he never came around the gym or stuff. No. I used to see Nate all the I mean, Nate wasn't on that team, but Nate used to come out and make me mad because I'd be out in the summer pole vaulting, and he'd dribble that damn ball right down by the runway, you know. <laughs> and uh, and then you'd go to, they used to have the McDonald's up by King's X, and you'd be standing in line, he'd be standing in line at King's X, you know, dribbling his basketball. So you can see why he was so damn good, you know. Yeah. That, uh, yeah, he always uh, was doing some kind of training for basketball, but kind of interesting the history of uh, UTEP being around some of those guys whether it's the other basketball players or Don Maynard or Paul Gibson the famous hurdler or Fred DiBernardi you know so we had a you know all the sports were uh, pretty dynamic you know yeah it was and, and going back to Ohio you grew up there in Ohio and how did you uh, how did your high school career go 
I started off playing football, and I was the same height I am now, almost 60, but only weighed 120 pounds, so that wasn't a very viable option. And uh, I was a kicker as a junior, and I was doing okay as that. Didn't I guess the star halfback got hurt, and they put me in at halfback, and they broke my shoulder in three places. And I don't know if it was before that or after that. I'd come home after practice, and in those days, they used to have the the Olympics on, they'd show every, you know, the whole, it wasn't like today where they show one thing and they cut away. And they came at the Olympics where I'm from Mexico city. And, um, they were showing the pole, but I thought, boy, this is pretty cool. And the next day I went down, they used to have the, well, they still do these aluminum poles that you hook something on to clean the, the swimming pools, you know? Yes. And I think I borrowed that out of the neighbor's yard and tried to jump over the fence and started pole vaulting. And so the first the first day I did it in practice, I did 11-6. And then uh, that first year, I think I did about the 12-6 or something. And then the coach gave us the pit to use. And my dad put a blacktop runway about 60 feet out of the alley. And we put the pit up there, and I jumped every day. And the next year, I jumped 15-10, which was a uh, top jump in the country. So, you know, it kind of worked out I got out of, uh, I got out of football. I did play basketball for a while. And... Uh, I didn't remember the story until my cousin told me. I guess I was at a game and I was trying to shoot some long shots and the coach yells over, hey, Jesse, don't shoot. I want Mike Libby to get the scoring record. And I don't remember this, but he says I sat down the court and threw a strike. So that was the end of the basketball career. <laughs> so maybe it was good I got into an individual sport. Um, but uh, that's how the whole damn thing started. And uh, originally I went to North Texas because I had a great pole vault coach named Don Hood, who eventually ended up at Abilene with Billy Olson, the first guy to make 19 feet indoors. And then when when the old coach there retired, they didn't hire him, so I just packed up the truck like Jed Clampett and headed to L.A. and went out to UCLA and was training with uh, Bob Seger, the Olympic champion, and some of the great pole vaulters out there and track stars. And then, you know, what happened I met J.J. at the Olympic trials and ended up here, which was... Uh, you know, really worked out well. And your coach when you were here at uh, UTEP was Wayne Vandenberg, right? Well, Vandenberg recruited me here. You know, I got here in September 72, and he got fired in uh, December of 72. So a lot of the guys left. Uh, Steve, you probably remember Steve Williams, yes, who became the world record holder. And I happened to stay, you know, I thought, oh, God, I've been three or four places already. And I'll never forget the I was running that hill by Holiday Hall, you know, that long hill. Right. I get up to the top, and here's Ted Banks gets out with the athletic director with this short 1950s crew cut. And I thought, oh, God, what did I get myself into? And Ted Banks turned out to be really cool. You know, he was really a great coach and a great person to get along with. And uh, I guess never judge a book by its cover. You know, he, got, he was a pretty good guy. Yeah, he was. So, uh, yeah, great guy. Yeah, he really was. Took care of his kids and. And uh, you know, you know, a great winner, and and uh, and you know, when he got when he left and went into uh, Converse, he's the one that gave Haskins his contract. Don, you saw I say that to me. We were out together, so uh, no, he was just a great guy. And, and until he passed away, he's kind of like a second father. I always call you on the phone and talk, maybe three or four times a week. Really, he was pretty good. He did it with all the guys, so that worked out pretty well. So you lived in that famous Burgess Hall at the time, or Miners Hall, right? You know, when I first came, the athletes were in Berry Hall. And uh, I think track was six, seven, eight. Basketball was five, and the football were in the lower uh, 
uh, floors. It's interesting because you probably remember this. We had the commons. When we yes. first came, we had an athletic dorm right. eating facility. And then we had the commons. And I think that's one of the problems they're having now recruiting top athletes. You know, that minor village doesn't have any dining facilities. I don't know about you, but if you recruited me and I had to cook my own food, I, I'd probably go to another place, you know? Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I was talking to one of the, uh, Nate, you know, Nate Poss is the football director. And I think the other problem they have with football is they need some practice fields. They've only got one practice field. That one up on the upper field, you know, I mean, God, some of the high schools have more facilities than we have, you know. So you got to think if you were a star quarterback or any running back and all you got is a one practice field and it's field turf, that's got to be pretty hard on your body, you know. Yeah. So, uh, you know what I mean? So uh, I know the basketball that built that facilities up. Uh, was when, in, when Tim was still here, I used to go see Tim and. That looks pretty up-to-date, but the football, I just think they, you know, that's not a good selling point. I know when I was coaching for Coach Kitchens, I worked for Bob for a few years, and, you know, a young kid would come from overseas or somewhere, 18 years old, and they got to go rent an apartment and then study, work out, pay utility bills, and cook their food. <laughs> yeah, that's not a very, yeah, you know, so uh, they kind of need to get up to snuff on that. But, when, you know, when we were here, it was fantastic. Yeah, you had the commons and uh, right. That was just and, steady uh, food right there, man. Yeah, it was a good deal, wasn't it? You know, it was actually better. I think they made some kind of rule in the early seventies where you had to eat with the regular students, and that actually turned out better because it was like a Luby's cafeteria. You know, so oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I remember that. Place. Yeah, it was, it good was stuff. rocking, man. It was really cool. Yeah, the women's gym uh-huh. was right next to it. Remember the women's gym? Yes, right. it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sure was, wasn't it? Yeah, right there. You know. Oh, man. And they had the pool. That pool was there. Remember, Mo used to run the pool for a while across more. <laughs> yeah, the swimming and, pool. Uh, yeah, that old swimming pool there. You know, it's interesting. About 20 years ago, I was down in Houston. We were there for the when we were still in the whack. And uh, I don't know what, I don't remember what the pole ball girl did, but I went outside. And Bob Stahl was the AD, and he was standing with me. I said, you know, Coach, when I was in school and when you were in school in the 70s, Houston, Rice, those places were no different than us on facilities. But this is 20 years ago. I mean, Houston was so much more advanced than what we had. And and just think about the big power fives, you know, those big schools. I think that's part of the problem why we've fallen off in, in, in not just football, but basketball, track, everything, you know, that some of these schools are, uh, you know, man, they got some great facilities, you know. So, uh, but uh, track's not doing too bad. They, they got a guy won the gold medal, so that's, that's not bad, is it? No, it's not. <laughs> But, you know, talking about track and field in terms of facilities, uh, you think we in El Paso could use an indoor track facility? A lot of people aren't aware of how how important, not important maybe, but how those are just great venues to have on your campus. Yes, I think we could. Actually, uh, myself and Frank Manini with a company out of Dallas is trying to work with the city of possibly putting something in the uh, Civic Center. You know, Albuquerque has a, a tr- indoor track, yes. portable one, and they draw all these college meets. They have national championships. And Herman Fraser, who's now at Syracuse, but he's on the uh, Olympic Committee, he said, Larry, if you guys get that track in, I'll guarantee you a national championship. You know, that'd be a great thing for the economy downtown. You know, we got a lot of new bistros, bars, and stuff downtown, and, and it would bring a lot of tourists in, so... You know, when I was doing it, it, you know, you'd get cold months and whatever, but almost even the, the southern schools have indoor tracks now. 
Yes, know? yes. And you mentioned yeah, Rice. And and I think, Rice has a beautiful uh, facility as yeah, well, right? Yeah, yeah. Even those schools uh, have indoor tracks. So, you know, you got to think, uh, you know, if you're a young guy and I'm trying to recruit you and somebody else has got indoor track, dining facilities, and, you know, we're back in the 1960s here. It's pretty tough, you know? And um, the other thing that's hurt in track is, you know, when we were doing um, those championships, besides Washington State and maybe one or two others, nobody had foreign athletes. Remember how that was always a big question about UTEP's cheating with foreign athletes? Well, everybody's got foreign athletes now. Oh, yeah, every and, sport. And the other thing is, yeah, the other thing is, too, is those federations uh, and the Europe and around the world pay the kids now. And then the other part of it is, you know, let's say you're a star long jumper and you're in, I don't know, France. If I'm your coach, I don't want you to leave because once you get good, you get paid, either from the shoe company or from the kid himself. So, you know, they're, they're more protective. In the old days, it was really a bonus to come to America and train, you know. But now it's it's pretty tough because, uh, you know, it's more professional and, uh, you know, uh, it's, 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 it's just not as good as option as it used to be, but... Yeah. Uh, you know, if you look at the Olympics, almost everybody, except for a few of those Jamaican sprinters, almost everybody that wins medals trains in the United States. <laughs> you, know, yeah. I, you know, we're trying to win the medal count. Have, almost everybody's, tra- you know, they're all tra- being trained by our people, you know. So, uh, but that's good because it raises up the level of competition, you know, for our kids too. So, I don't know if you know uh, Julie Levesque. She's the assistant athletic director at UTEP. Her son... Uh, won the state uh, pole vault championship uh, a couple yeah, of years ago yeah, and yeah. went to Rice. He did, yes. He went to Rice. My buddy Paul Benavides coaches him, yes. uh, you know, privately. Yeah, and I was kind of disappointed he went to Rice. I kind of thought he would uh, stay here, you know. I know Julie well, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's a good athlete. And then Paul's own son, Paulo Benavides, when he was at Franklin, he was number one in the country. Uh, he won the junior Pan Ams and went up to Kansas and, and it didn't work out real well, but he made all American this year for a uh, UTEP. He got seventh up in uh, Eugene. So, uh, and he's from El Paso. I think he's the first El Paso kid to make all American since, you know, well, who knows when, you know, back in the probably the early seventies or something, you know? So, right. you know, he, that worked out well, but, uh, yeah, you know, they're just having a hard time. I think all the programs over there, I mean, they didn't get to play football many games last year. We're not drawing many people. So, you know, put people in the stands for football, it's pretty hard to uh, have money for the Olympic sports, you know, whether it's women's volleyball or track or whatever, you know, makes right. it difficult. Now, many people are aware of the fact that the El Paso Lake Hall of Fame has their plaques at the Don Haskins Center, but the UTEP track and field program has their own Hall of Fame, which also has the plaques Yes, they do, yeah. It's pretty cool because I brought uh, a friend of mine named Brian Theory who ran track uh, All-American for UCLA, came a couple years ago, and he couldn't believe the special events at Don Haskins Center with all those plaques. And when you walk in with the, you know, the display about 66 team, he goes, goes, we haven't got anything like this at UCLA. And he was really amazed about it. It's pretty cool, really. Uh, uh, You know, and some of the people there, Willie Shoemaker, and, you know, I mean, there's some pretty big not just UTEP guys, but pretty big sports people in that Hall of Fame. So I mean, it's a pretty neat deal, really. I mean, uh, but, uh, and then they have this new one, the UTEP Athletic Hall of Fame, right. which, uh, 
They have yeah. them over there at the uh, Sumbo Football yeah. Stadium. Yeah, right over there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was uh, fortunate. He started that, you know, you know, twenty years ago. And Ted, uh, Coach Banks, was still able to come over, and uh, and uh, so that's a kind of a good deal too. They need to bring that track hall of fame back. They quit doing that, and uh, right, they did. That was actually, yeah, that was a good thing, Wayne, for the track because the officials would come out, and it was a nice night for them. And, and they've kind of lost a lot of their officials. Of course, some of them are getting older, but. Uh, they need to bring that back too, but uh, it's kind of cool that it's all in that special event center, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's really nice. And you know, speaking of the Don Haskins, which we knew was a special event center before it became. In fact, we remember when it was just an empty field out there; it was nothing uh, yeah. back in the day. Remember that? But don't you think they should? Well, have I remember a... when. They... Go ahead. When Don used to have his office in the uh, Memorial Gym. Right. Right. It was funny you know, when he passed away. I was coming out of that special thing they had uh, in the um, special event center, and somebody yells, "Hey, PV!" And I, I didn't, without turning around, I said, "Who is that?" And he goes, "Wayne Vanderbilt." I said, "No, he's been." It was Fred DiBernardi, and oh. he had paid his own way back from Vegas to see go to the funeral because he liked Coach. <clears throat> and I was telling somebody the story. Uh, it was in the seventies, and Brian Oldfield, the shot putter, and Fred were slapping jumping and trying to touch above that white square, you know, where you're banking the ball. Right. And just slapping the backboard, and it was shaking, and Aspen's comes out and says, Jesse, you got to do something about this. I said, what do you want me to do? You're bigger than me. You take care of him. <laughs> and <laughs> so, yeah, I remember when they used to, you know, his coach's office was over in the, you know, when I first got here, his office was in with Coach Banks and Coach Vandenberg in the uh, in Holiday corner. Hall. You know, where the yeah, track. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh-huh, and they had a little petition between Banks' office and in in uh, uh, Don's office and Sydney ba- Cindy Bowden was the secretary at the locker room now, but uh, uh, yeah, it's going back a long way, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it is. It's a good time, and of course, you probably saw too. The you talk about people jumping up and touching the square on the backboard for basketball, but can you remember Bob Beeman, J.J. Jackson? How high those guys could jump just by standing oh, yeah, there going straight up. Unbelievable, wasn't it? It, it was huh? take a nickel off the back, the top of the backboard, man. Those guys were amazing. The other one was Arnold Grimes. You remember Arnold Grimes, the yeah, triple jumper? Triple jumper, yes, yes. Arnold. Oh, he's a great athlete. You know, in one meet in '75, he ran nine three hundred yard dash into a headwind. Then he triple jumped about fifty five feet or fifty four feet. Then he went over and high jumped seven two. He was just unbelievable, really. Uh, so some of those guys were just uh, incredible, you know, and. Uh, you know, when you get good people like that, it brings more good people, you know? Yeah, it does. I mean, I always say this about the basketball. You know, we had a great run in the 80s. Uh, Haskins did. What, he, he was the fifth winningest team in America, and we went to seven straight tournaments. But you got to think about that. That's only 20 years then after the 66 team. Right. So the parents of those kids knew about that. That's 50 years ago now. So, you know, young people probably don't even know about the 66 team. And then same thing with track. You know, when you get a Burt Cameron or Fred DiBernardi, Suleiman Nambui, other people want to come because it's a breeding ground for the Olympics, you know. Uh, and that's kind of what happened in basketball and track. You know, you had these great guys. I mean, after 66, you had you had Nate. I mean, Lord God, he might be the best one they ever had here. He was MVP of the NBA. <laughs> you can't get much better than that. And yeah, Jim Forbes made the Olympics uh, in 72, you know. And would have had a gold medal, except they took it away from those guys. 
Right. Remember when they started the game over two or three times? So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, it's kind of a different parameter now, I think. It makes it more difficult. But it's still possible. You know, one thing that's happening, I think, that the athletes in El Paso are getting better. Um, you know, they had a kid, I think it was Franklin a few years ago, that went to Baylor, and he won the NCAA championships in the triple jump. And uh, every once in a while, in the old days, we'd have a good kid, but they're starting to get pretty good athletes in El Paso now. So, you know, that's certainly a positive, you know. And uh, You know, take us and, back uh, to when you said that you talked about going out and you were part of the Olympic trials. What was that like? Well, you know, look, a friend of mine named uh, Greg Duplantis, his son is the world record on Armando Duplantis. He's from Louisiana, and he jumps for Sweden, and it's financially better going for Sweden. But the main reason was he didn't want to go through the Olympic trials. You know, boy, that's that's really? worse than the Olympics. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's just, it, it, yeah, you know, because you could be number two in the world or number one, and you have a bad day. And you get to stay home. <laughs> you know, I mean, it doesn't work out very well. It's, I guess it's the only system we can use in the United States because you've got so many great athletes, you know. Oh, yeah. But uh, it's just a difficult thing, you know. I mean, it's, it's more difficult, really, than the Olympic Games. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, sometimes they time it right. I, there were a lot of criticism this year. Maybe they had the trials too close to the Olympics because some of our top people didn't do well. But, uh I don't know. It's a difficult deal, you know. Yeah, it is. But, uh, it's very difficult. Yeah. Do you remember but back you know, in the it's a, it, Go ahead, Larry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. You got it, buddy. No, you go ahead. Do you remember back in the day, because a lot of people, you try to tell them about it, but uh, as I, I look at Ed Stansbury walk in right now, but uh, you know Ed, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah, I met him a couple of years ago. I was over there doing something at the Hall of Fame, and yeah, he was... Uh, um, well, he scored a touchdown in a Rose Bowl. That's pretty good. Yeah, can't beat <laughs> can't that, can you? Can you? <laughs> yeah, can't beat that, yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I try to tell people, uh, Larry, because you probably remember this because you were a part of it, uh, is the fact that they used to have the pro track meets at Kid Field. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And those were just unbelievable. Right. Wayne was here a couple years ago, and I used to have a Super 8 tape of the meet they had in 74, and they had like 15,000 people. Right. And then – the shot put in it, all the people from the stands came on the infield because Bob Seeger and Steve Smith were trying to make a world record in the pole vault. And, and I gave it to Steve Smith a number of years ago, you know, and, and unfortunately he passed away in November. Wayne said, well, call him up and try to get it back. I remember people were up on the mountain. They were trying to climb up on Holiday Hall. It was just unbelievable. And even the college meets, I, you know, one year we had to meet 74, but right before we won the NCAAs, the El Paso relays, it was UTEP, Stanford and Eastern New Mexico had a lot of good Kenyans. And it had about seven or 8,000 people in the stadium. I mean, it was pretty nice, really. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think part of the thing, Wayne, is that there's so much sports on TV now that people don't, you know, you say, well, am I going to go see a game or, you know, and you can watch it on TV. You know, that's, that can't help the gate. Um, I mean, sometimes a couple of years ago, I was watching something. UTEP was playing somebody. I don't know if it was Southern Miss or Rice. There was nobody in that stadium, you know, fourteen or 15,000 people. But, you know, if you can stay home and it's on Fox TV, why would you go to the stadium, you know? <laughs> I mean, think about it. So, I don't know. It's, uh, but track has died out around the country here in America. I mean, when I was doing it, you had all the meets indoors. 
the Melrose games and Madison Square Gardens, the LA Times, and they were on the same arenas that the NBA played in. And you had a small track with the pounding, and all those meets are gone now. So that's kind of the difficult thing uh, with track. You know, it's uh, certainly not to love what it was 40 or 50 years ago. It's unfortunate, but that's just the case, you know. And what's the highest you've ever jumped on the pole vault? I jumped 19 two and three quarters in 1985 for the indoor world record. And then at 84, I jumped um, in Paris, 18, nine and a half outdoors. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. The trouble with pole vault is kind of like the Aaron um, jet planes. The technology keeps getting better all the time, so they just keep going higher and higher. But, you know, the record now is 20 inches by Mondo. Uh but this guy ran 10.4 in high school electronic in the 100 meters, which is probably about like a 9, 300-yard dash. So he's, you know, certainly, I mean, I couldn't run that time running downhill. I mean, you know, athletes get better as time goes on. So that's all part of it, you know. Uh, but, uh, I mean, look at all these times they had this year in the Olympic trials. Or they didn't say they had 10 guys break Nambui's record. With these new shoes, they have springs in the in the front. Wow! And uh, you know, and then the tracks are made different too. You know, I mean, yeah, the yeah. tracks are, yeah. yeah, the tracks it's technology. So that's all part of it. You know, um, I wish somehow they could get the indoor circuit going again. One of the biggest thrill I had is when I won the USA Championships in Madison Square Garden. You had twenty thousand people. Uh, the officials had tuxedos. And Kelly Savalas, I don't even remember who he was. He was on Kojak. Yes. Ball he was sitting guy. on the high jump pit. Yeah, the, he was watching his pole vault. He <laughs> was sitting on the pit. You know, you'd go to these indoor meets, and it'd be, well, Muhammad Ali used to have indoor meets for us. Uh, and he put us on the Queen Mary in Long Beach. It was a pretty big deal, you know. Uh, and all that's died out. They had him in Cleveland. They had him in Philadelphia, San Francisco, L.A., see New York. And it was a, a great winter circuit. Uh, and all those meets are gone now, you know, so that's, you know, they don't have any, outside of the few, the college circuit, they don't have any, uh, meets for the professionals here. I think one in Eugene, I mean, how can you have the number one track team in the world, not have any meets in America? It doesn't make any sense. Does it? No, it doesn't. But you know, yeah. you, you talk about your career, you talk about all the opportunities you've had in your life and you've always, uh, since you graduated, you've called El Paso home. You never left. Why is that? No, I never left. Yeah, you can't beat El Paso. As a matter of fact, a couple of years ago, they were recruiting some kids from Jamaica, I think one from Florida, and they invited me out to lunch to talk to these kids. And uh, the coach said, why'd you stay here? And I kind of explained to him, you know, what a great city it is. And I said, this is the most peaceful place in the world. I could take you down the barrio tonight and, and walk around 11 o'clock at night, and we'd be as safe as we would in the backyard, you know. And the kid, both kids came here. I think both of them had done pretty well for the track team, so... Um, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, yeah, it's a great place, you know. You were inducted over 35 well, years ago, too. You know, people may not realize that, but your career, which spans such a long time in terms of what you did, but, I mean, you were inducted before Bobby Joe Hill. <laughs> That's kind I of didn't interesting. Know that. Yeah. It is, isn't it? Yeah. That really is interesting, yeah. Well, we have some great guys on the track team. It was a great atmosphere to work out with, you know. I mean, Oh, you're training, and you got Bert Cameron out there, and and I remember one year, 
I had retired before I did that Masters and came back. We were out the track. I was helping Paul Benavides jump, and Tim was out there running Tim Hardaway. And uh, so he says something. We go to Memorial Gym, and we start playing 21. You know, 21, you make a basket, you shoot the foul shots, right? Right. And it's me, Bert Cameron, who's a world champion. Paul's like an 18-6 pole vaulter, and Larry. And against Tim Hardaway and Joel Griffith, who had transferred here from uh, – Wichita State. So the first game, they didn't take it seriously, and I made one shot and made 18 foul shots in a row and beat them. That was the last time we scored a point. <laughs> and Bert says, I don't understand this, man. Hardaway looks terrible out there running. I said, well, he's not a runner. He's a professional basketball player, and now we're playing basketball. But <laughs> it was a funny story. The first game, they didn't pay attention to us. I made a couple shots or one, and I was a pretty good foul shooter. And that was the last time we got a shot off. You know, we were pushing them, trying to knock them down. We couldn't score a point. But, you know, in the old days, all those guys would come out to the track and jog or work out, you know. Um, Antonio Davis and, uh, you know, all those guys. And I knew all those guys. And he's Chris Blocker and and uh, Johnny Melvin's a buddy of mine. So they were all pretty good athletes, you know. What is and, your greatest memory in terms of pole vaulting? You know, I think it went into thing in New York's a big deal to me. You know, I mean, Madison Square, Ali fought there, Joe Lewis, Sinatra sang there. You know, I mean, you're in the Big Apple. And uh, and uh, I was lucky enough to go back to second year and defend, you know. So, I don't know, somebody asked me at the day, this guy came in town from the New York Times, and he's been contracted by Random House to write a book on UTEP and Ted Banks. Then he came and stayed here for about a week and went with Mrs. Banks and stayed and he asked me that question the other day, and I, it's a hard question to answer, you know, because you've got so many memories of, you know, the, the centerpiece of my trophy room is a silver plate that I got in 77 in London. It was the Queen's Jubilee. Philip presented it to me. So, mm. you know, I guess it's like having kids, you know, which kid's your favorite or, yeah. you know, You're right. yeah. you know, which cat's your favorite or which, you know, come on, man, you know, it's, it's just, uh, you know, just lucky, I guess. You know, it's funny. My uncle, years ago, when my father passed away. He'd been a pilot in the war, World War II, and really successful in business. And he bought me a drink. He goes, you know, son, when I was your age, 38, I thought I was the smartest SOB in the world. Now I see how lucky I was. And that's part of it. That's how I think. You know, no matter how much talent you got, you got to have people help you and open the door. Now, you got to walk through the door. But you got to have the right people help you, you know, and uh, it makes a big difference. And, you know, having the right guy in your life, a coach can make a difference, you know, having somebody like Ted or or um, or Don Haskins, you know, makes a big difference, you know. And uh, I used to giggle because I knew all those, you know, remember Ron Jones and, and Jake Poole? Yes, starting they were guards. Buddies, me and Arnold. Yeah. yeah. And their nickname for Haskins was fat. You know this. The nickname was Fat Man. Of course, they never said that to his face. Yeah. I never told him that. But I ran into Ed Lynham the other day, or maybe this summer in the uh, in the store, and I was telling him that. He goes, I didn't know that, Larry. I never called him that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, Haskins was a lot different guy in, off the court in coaching than he was when he was coaching those guys. You know that. Yeah, he's a he was. Good guy, really. And I hope that one day they Great. put a statue out in front of the Don Haskins Center in his honor because he deserves it. They should, yeah. Yeah, they should, exactly. I know Steve told me they were trying to do that, but we'll see what they do. I mean, they've sure surfed off the uh, the legend of the 66 team and what they accomplished, you know. And, 
you know, it's hard to believe that anybody ever bo- bo- thought that five black guys couldn't play basketball together. I mean, who come up with that? How, how would you, could you? How could you even conceive an idea like that? Makes that does that make any sense to you? No. I mean, you know, when you, it, it, it's funny when I first saw that movie, I didn't like it because the guy didn't look like Coach, the guy didn't look like Mo. But then after a couple times watching, I, I, I really like it now. But when I first came out, I didn't really like it because I knew those guys. And, the, you, know, you know, nobody looks like them, you know. But, right. uh, well, remember what happened with Beeman. I mean, Beeman was on the team. And um, I guess they were going to run against BYU. And Dr. King was assassinated. So the guys didn't want to run, you oh. know. And they threw him off the team. Can you imagine that? Yes. I mean, imagine that happening today, right. you know. And uh, it wasn't just Beeman. I mean, a few, I think, a number of guys. So, we certainly didn't. I mean, Beeman, nothing was going to stop them, but I'm sure it didn't help those other guys' careers, you know? So, uh, well. Larry, it's been a true joy to talk to you about the old days at UTEP or Texas Western and also your life as well growing up in Ohio. And uh, it's always good to see you at the Hall of Fame meetings, and hopefully we'll get back to being in person uh, in the spring when we meet again. But, all the very best, my friend, and thank you very much for taking okay, the time. Okay, I appreciate the call, and I enjoyed it, too. It's a good walk through life, and I'll be in touch, and uh, all the very best to you and yours, okay? Okay, you stay safe, my friend, okay? Thank you, Big Larry. Larry Jesse, ladies and gentlemen, Bye. outstanding pole vault, the greatest they ever had at UTEP, Texas Western, whichever you want to call it. But, again, thank you for joining us, and thank all of you for joining us, and welcome to the hall. <laughs>